You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Tess, what are you going to be for Halloween for the oh. office party on Friday? Oh, I'm going to be a man that you know you call me on more than one occasion, my friend Joe. I'm going to be Mr. Lando Calrissian. Is that your Lando <laughs> Calrissian Lando? voice? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I got to work on it. I got a couple days. <laughs> you sound like Sammy Davis. Jr. I was just going to say, I don't remember remembering a, a lisp. <laughs> could could well, you Sammy Davis okay. Jr. as Lando Calrissian? <laughs> like, just squint the eye. Doobie, doobie, doo. I live on Bespin, babe. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. I don't know if I could do that for you, Joe. Welcome to the Cloud City. Oh. The Candyman can. <laughs> But yeah, man, I got my Lando costume and everything. I was going to invite you to be part of my theme if you didn't have anything. Uh-oh. Well, could we do that two days before? I mean, Joe, I mean, unless you're Star Wars themed, it's going to yeah, be I difficult. Mean, you, no. I mean, you could still be Han Solo. No, no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, okay, so Joel, remember the? Uh, I don't think you were at the diehard party when I had put together like the uh, the ventilation shaft. Yes, I was not at that one. Yes. No, you weren't at that one. Uh, so that's what I'm doing for Halloween. I'm going to do the John McClane thing. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm making the uh, the um, the box turning the box into ventilation shaft. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I had I had played around with the idea of maybe cutting a hole in the bottom and walking around with like as if I'm in the shaft like all oh, the time. I, I, that's how I'm imagining it in my head. What are you going to do? I, I think I'm just going to have it separate. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I like that idea. I think you should commit and walk around <laughs> with a box should, on your, your upper torso for the entire day. I should go man. The whole uh, day. So, so that was it. I was gonna. I was gonna invite Tess if he didn't have anything. He could well, be uh, like Sam, Sam Jackson from uh, from oh. Die Hard Three. Oh, I was thinking you uh, the uh, the cop from Die Hard One, Reginald Denny. <laughs> you could be Reginald Bell Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Bell Johnson. That's yeah. the same. <laughs> I could see that Die Hard commercial uh, reboot really had an impact on you, huh? Jim? Have you guys watched that? I, I've I have now seen bits and pieces of it, uh, thumbnails, but uh, I haven't haven't listened to it yet. No, yeah, neither. Man, I, and I know we talked about this last week, but there's just like it's it's fun to see him, but yeah, he is just like he's Harrison Fording that whole thing, like just. <laughs> Like yeah. hardly, hardly putting any kind of emotion or life into it's that hard role to see, that he's played like five times. It's hard to see you like when you're, uh, you know, movies that you admire, your heroes growing up, mm-hmm. uh, when they try to revisit those franchises later on in life, but not even yeah. as real movies, like as commercials or short films. A couple of yeah. the Christmases ago, they trotted out E. T. with uh, uh, what, who's, who's the kid who plays Elliot Thomas it Henry? Was, oh, Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, one of those the guy with two first names. Uh, he's in that Bly Manor show that that's on. Is he? I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to affect an English accent, and he's horrible at it. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he'll always be Elliot, right? Like that was that's yeah. always his shining role. And uh, apparently, yeah. according to advertisers, uh, he was still Elliot. Yeah, they tried him out. They did a whole ET remake. Did you see that one? It's like ET comes back no. when Elliot's all grown up, and it was heartwarming. I'm sure that's... he was selling coke or something. I... Like Co- cocaine? Coca-Cola. I should cocaine. clarify, oh. not <laughs> the book of sugar. Like, oh, wow. Ellie grew the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he tastes into that hardship. He's, he's graduated from Reese's Pieces to, to eight balls. This, this whole scene where he's like, you went home. 
You went home. <laughs> what else was I supposed to do, E.T.? What was I supposed to do? I had, I had to make sure I ate out here, E.T. I told people oh. I, I knew an alien. No one believed me. I couldn't no. get a job. I didn't have no fucking friends anymore. <laughs> oh, it was hard. You said you knew Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great I ain't got your fucking Reese's Pieces <laughs> they did not take that direction for the commercial it was very heartwarming but still it was a, l- a little part of me died like seeing my, my what I think was the first film I saw in theaters uh, that wasn't animated yeah. anyway uh, just uh-huh. kind of be uh, uh, commoditized and uh, capitalized on there it is See, I told you, Tess. He hits record and he starts using words like commoditized. That's right. I got the thesaurus sitting here right next to me. Dude, they were dead until Jurassic Park. (laughs) And they they cloned them and brought them back. That's right. (laughs) Dude, so how are you feeling about this, uh, the new Jurassic movie that's coming out? Uh, Have you seen like these production photos? I have. I'm not feeling very good about it. Um, No. (laughs) Especially after that last one, I really feel like they lost their way with what... Jurassic Park movies used to be, should be, were about, and now they're just monster movies, right? What, what was it like the last? No, that last movie when you said lost its way, that's an understatement. Like <laughs> that, that whole bit where there's like they tried to make it like an allegory for like for for concentration camps, yeah, where it was like all the dinosaurs gathered together and they were about to gas them, and then the oh, girl's yeah. like she lets them go at the last minute. I'm like. Why? This was remember the first one when it was just about dinosaurs <laughs> and they were like they found out that dinosaurs naturally want to hunt people and you can't change nature. I never really That's kind what of it should be about. Yeah. I also never really warmed to the uh, idea that the velociraptors are now your cuddly friends that you can train and uh, have as pets, right? Good yeah. Dog. It did make a cool trailer. Yeah. You you can say that about the last 3 yeah. Jurassic Park movies. I don't even think the trailer for Jurassic Park 3 was any good. That is true. <laughs> everything a, about that movie was... Rough. Yeah, that's no, forgettable. It was so... Uh, what a, a cash grab that was. Yeah. And then it so, killed uh, the franchise for like a decade. Rightfully it, so. It, it sure did. It made it extinct. Uh, but but you know what, Joel? Life well, uh, found a way. That's right. <laughs> you guys watch anything good? Oh, man, did I? Well, you know, since uh, this is like the last week of Halloween... Uh, that, it's that, not. Halloween was last. Not week. anymore. Not not. If listeners, by the time you're hearing this, Halloween was uh, over the weekend. But uh, as of now, yeah. we're still days away. We still got pumpkins to carve. Catching up with uh, all all the big Halloween movies before since our last chance. Uh, they were showing what we do in the shadows on TV. Caught that the oh, other night. Caught yeah, a Quiet know. Place. I don't know if you consider Quiet Place a Halloween movie, but I've never seen it. What, dude? I- I oh almost gosh. picked that for my Halloween movie, but instead I picked that uh, that Slice movie instead. Nice. Well, uh, save it then, because uh, it, it does not have to be a Halloween movie. You can you can roll that out at any time. This is a great film. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say when do you finally see it. So check that out. Quiet Place. Yeah. Also, we yeah. revisited Cabin Fever, which we did on this podcast last year. Listen to our Cabin Fever Ooh. episode. Uh, no, it was a hell of a good time. Hilarious. <laughs> Eli Roth's film. Check it out. And uh, finally, uh, I always try to... Give Leica a shout out because I love them. They're uh, stop motion animated films. <laughs> Leica's Paranorman from I want to say 2015, this past decade, uh, and man, what a great film! Just great animation. Uh, if you love their stop motion stuff, Joe, have you seen Paranorman 2012? I have not. No, I'm straight. Paranorman. Oh, it's oh so good. Uh, <laughs> so fun, fun zombie movie. I know it's like geared towards kids, but uh, it's pretty adult, and I think 
some some heavy hefty themes in there. But um, yeah, check that out. Uh, and uh, I think that was the that concludes our uh, thirty one days of Halloween. Damn, sadly. Oh, wow. Tess, you see anything good? I mean, I saw all a bunch of stuff, man. Uh, but first, <laughs> tell all, me a little bit about it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, first of all, that I, first thing I saw was the Social Network or whatever it is that one <laughs> documentary everybody was talking about a few weeks ago. Oh, not the yeah, um, yeah, not the, the Social Network. Whatever, yeah, the Social Network's the one with Mark Zuckerberg. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. The ago. social the, problem, the social dilemma. Dilemma that yeah, the one where yeah. you know how the computers and everything are attacking us, and so is social media, which is true. But I mean, yeah, I kind of fell asleep a little bit during that one. <laughs> it looked kind of boring. I was, I was reading a review of it. I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. And then I saw the trailer. I'm like, I ain't gonna make it through this. I can tell you bro, already, bro. I did not. I, I, I the same way. I thought it was gonna be much more entertaining. And there's definitely some information there. And I might go back and try it again. But eh, I, <laughs> I know. Could, it didn't keep my attention on that. It sounds boneheaded, like it shouldn't have to keep her attention. Um, and maybe that's ironic that it's this film about the social <laughs> dilemma. They're like, nah, TLDR. So, uh, you guys play anything good lately? Uh, oh, you're talking about video games here, Joe, on this yes. movie podcast? On this movie podcast. I'm so excited because, <laughs> you know, we, we are, and I know we talked about this a little bit, but we are going to be reviving the old video game podcast, The 8 Big Gladiators, except this time it's going to be double the fun. Ooh. Double the excitement. Yeah, that's right. It's the new ver- where it's the super podcast version of the Eight Bit Gladiators. So of course, two point That's right. Or sixteen bit, as it were, yeah. in the console wars. That's right. Uh, we're, we're we're moving up a generation finally. <laughs> yeah, it only took five years. And that's uh, we're kicking that off next week uh, with uh, uh, well, we'll talk about it later too with the the movie that we're going to be talking about. Oh yeah, but kind of like. Uh, well, I mean, kind of like how we we did we spin off Apex Gladiators that way, or was that just do we just did a crossover? I'm not sure what happened first. I think you started the Eight Bit Gladiators first, and uh-huh. then we kicked off the editing bay with a crossover episode where we talked about Street Fighter, both the movie that's and right. the video game, and that's then right. uh, that's that's what launched the editing bay uh, all six years ago. Uh, almost, we're almost at 365 episodes, Joe. Can you believe that? One oh per God. day. You could listen to one per day for a year. <laughs> Dude, 365 podcast. hours of our uh, podcast. Yeah, well, you're wow. assuming every episode's only one hour. Lately, <laughs> well, lately we've been uh, pushing an hour and a half. And the reason for that is because we've been working a lot of video game talk into uh, our podcast. If you listened here, oh, I would say the last few months... First 10, 15 minutes is usually us talking about what video games we've been playing or what consoles are coming out. There's a big year for that. And it got to the point where we're like, you know what? Damn, maybe this is the right time, right? We have so much content. We're always talking about it. Let's just revive our old uh, uh, video game podcast, rename it, put a fresh coat of paint on it. Um, But uh, I I also think none of us want to do double the work. We already put a lot of hours into this here podcast. So uh, what we're going to do starting uh, next week, we're going to do the reverse that we did before. We're going to have a crossover episode where we're going to kick off the 16-Bit Gladiators podcast. And you can subscribe to it. If you uh, search in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'll be there as 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, And for that first episode, it'll be... If for some reason you're still subscribed to the 8-Bit Gladiators channel, you're good. Yeah, yeah. It should uh, just refresh for you, and you'll start getting new podcasts uh, five years after the last one. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, with a new crew, of course, it's going to be myself and Joe, and now Tess will be part of the 8-Bit Gladiators. And we're bringing back... uh, 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? No, did I say eight bit? You sure did. Oh, that's gonna. You know, that's gonna be tough. 
I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> fuck that up several it's, times. It's I'm like sure. it's like after the new year, and you keep putting the old year no, down on not your 2019. Chest. No, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna bring back uh, old co-host Jay. Will be uh, I don't know if he'll be in every episode, but uh, when he's able to grace us with his presence, he'll be here yeah. uh, giving us some uh, gaming knowledge. So um, yes. yeah, that'll be kicking off. Uh, next week's episode, we'll announce uh, what movie slash video game uh, we'll be talking about uh, at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But uh, for right. yeah, for now, uh, 16-Bit Gladiators, coming back. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And uh, what we're going to do is, because we don't want to do double the work, we're still <laughs> going to be recording one podcast per week. So we're gonna, for a little while, we're going to alternate. We're going to do an editing bay, and then we're going to do a 16-bit gladiator. So uh, you're, if you love hearing our voices so much and our banter, 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 banter. no matter what we're talking about, uh, you can hear us still on a weekly basis. If you're an editing bay subscriber, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get every other week. And the same thing uh, if you only subscribe to 16-bit gladiators. But uh, cool. we're, we're here for your movie and video game podcasting enjoyment. Hopefully they have the gist. Uh, by I now. think so. All right, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. I'm Joel. And this it's is where just. we come to talk about movies, sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it. You know what? I got to address that because I've had a couple of people write me and they're like, hey, do you not hear Tess say his name? <laughs> what? <laughs> do, do, is he not supposed to? Because it seems really rude that you spe- That's the bit, guys. Yeah. That's the bit. Is that we just truck along and Tess is like trying to fit hey, his it's name. Tess. I'm still here. If you're a regular listener, you would know. Yeah, if you're, yeah. I just felt like I needed because I I have had a couple of new people to the podcast go. Why are you so rude and you just talk over that Tess guy? <laughs> All right, so uh, this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other and with you, our lovely editing bay listeners. We invite you to take part in the discussion by going to Facebook.com/slash Editing Bay or in that search bar on facebook type in the editing bay find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes click on that and that's where you can talk back to us let us know what you think about the movie and if you have ideas for films for us to watch in the future go ahead and put your suggestions there we'll add it to the list uh and we are exiting the halloween season and Boom. we i mean i don't know when this is going to drop but this either will, this will be dropping uh, some great news <laughs> or we got the worst news we could possibly get no this will be dropping a uh, pre uh, election so if you if you're hearing oh, you this ha- now you said it wrong you said it wrong what pre-election election. Oh, oh, sorry election. this will be election. dropping pre-erection <laughs> thank you and, uh, so you still have a chance if you haven't voted yet please vote this isn't the year to sit this one out unless of course you're undecided i did say um to somebody uh, on twitter that uh, listen if your conscience just won't let you decide for either of these people if you're undecided you can sit this one out but uh Man, uh, I think there's enough people passionate enough about uh, voting one way or the other, uh, hopefully our way, uh, if you're a regular yeah. listener, that uh, yes, uh, in a few days, uh, we'll, ha- we'll have some good news. God, I hope so. I hope so. God, I-, <laughs> I, I don't want to make the mistake we did four years ago when we did our uh, Idiocracy episode, listen to our Idiocracy episode, because we're like, oh, how silly this future is where uh, you know they've got a porn star TV reality show as the, uh, the, the president of the United States in the future, everybody's dumb. And, uh, yeah, we were very confident that uh, we'd have uh, our first female president, but uh, we no. had to eat crow the next week. Instead, instead we, we had a, a 40-year term. Yes. <laughs> this is the, the longest four years of my life. Worst. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> a nightmare. Can you think of, like, the last the last time that a presidential term felt like it was just, like, uh, never-ending from the moment, from the get-go, where it was just every day, 
every day like, just talking about this person Bro. over and over and over again like to the point where we've become so desensitized to like the things he does like if you objectively look at the things he does it's absurd it's and it's offensive and it's horrible yeah and like we've been at it for four years and that's apparently long enough for people to just be like eh. just i mean what else it. is new yeah it's the president no that no. shouldn't be normalized ever like it should never ever yeah. be expected pretty dark times for our country mm-hmm. but you know so, hey, uh, you got a yeah. chance to change it to go out and vote please so what happens if it if we don't what happens if like I, I, I mean, know. I'll be honest. I, we've seriously been like looking about moving to other countries. Like yeah. Canada's looking pretty good. They speak English there, and they're right there across the border. A little colder. Uh, f- recently, I've been seeing a lot of news about New Zealand. Like when you look at New Zealand's reaction to COVID and how they took uh-huh. it seriously, they locked it down. And uh, you know, a couple months ago when fall was kicking off, they were showing pictures of oh, people are going to outdoor events and and uh, farm markets uh, yeah. and just living normal life there because. They took it seriously. They shut it down for like three months, and now uh, they've eradicated. There's, you know, that's like single digits worth of cases over there. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Uh, gun control. You know, they 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 cracked down on that when they had a, mm-hmm. a mass murder a couple of years ago. That's also, a good one. I might steal yours. What? New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, man. New Zealand's great. They shot fucking Lord of the Rings there. <laughs> also, Taika Waititi. And what we do in the shadows. They shot that there too. There you go. Yeah. Beautiful country. So, uh, yeah, we've seriously been looking at uh, what it would take. The, the sad thing is no other countries will let us in right now. No. We're, we're so bad. They're uh, like, you guys fucked your own country up. You stay there. Like, you know, they don't want us. That's when you know things are bad, when you like when it's, it's now dangerous to be an American. <laughs> um, what about you, Tess? What do you think? What are you going to do? Man, but honestly, we've dealt with it for the last four years, but uh, it's been so terrible. <laughs> I thought Tess was going to be like, Bro, have- we've dealt with it for the past 400 years. <laughs> I mean, here's, I mean, here's, I mean, that's the thing, man. If you really want me to get into it and everything like that, it's going to be like our 13th episode. Listen to our 13th right? episode, yes. I mean, man, I might have to just suffer through another four years if he does get it. But I really, really hope everybody gets their asses out there and does what we should have did four years ago. There you go. Seriously. <laughs> Because four years ago, before my birthday, no, it was my birthday. I remember it was your birthday. Don't know. It was your birthday. It, it, oh, it was my birthday four years ago. I remember standing in a bar, talking to this random chick, and telling her, "Nah, that shit's not gonna happen. There's no way." It's like, come on, that's not how politics works. But here we are, four years later. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you've got a conman in the White House, uh, much like uh, this week's episode, where we've got another conman who uh, tried to break into another house, an Emerald House. <laughs> <laughs> try to try to break into another house called Congress. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Joel's pick was Oz the Great and Powerful from 2013, mm-hmm. directed by Sam Raimi, who gave us Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man trilogy, yeah. uh, Dark Man, and A Simple Plan, just to name a few. Uh, the budget for this movie is, this is one of those funny ones where it gives me two different numbers. Lorraine. It was like, the budget was two hundred to two hundred and fifteen million dollars. Eh, what's another fifteen mil here or there, Joe? We got well. I had that lying around on our couch. Right? With, with with this movie, it must not have been much. Uh, the mm. box office. This movie brought in four hundred ninety three point three million dollars. Yeah, uh, it came out in twenty thirteen. Like I said, uh, other movies from twenty thirteen. We had Tom Cruise's Oblivion, uh, The oh, Wolf like of one. Wall Street, yeah. Her, The Internship, mm. Now You See Me, Gravity. 
this is the end american hustle warm bodies about time don john lone survivor dallas buyers club 12 years a slave Snowpiercer, ender's game 42 the Carrie remake, Anchorman 2, Kick-Ass 2, Iron oh. Man 3, Thor The Dark World, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, yeah. and The Wolverine. Oh, a lot of great oh. movies came out that year, with the exception of some of those Marvel entries. A lot of, uh, a lot of editing bay movies, a lot of movies we've talked about. Yeah, it's either a good thing uh, or a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. We loved it. That ended up being a, a huge, pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out. Check out our Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters episode. Yes, please do. Well, from six years ago. I'll be curious to know uh, whether you guys think this uh, film fits into the uh, so bad it's good category or just bad category. Well, let me as as somebody who grew up a big Wizard of Oz fan, and I like I loved I loved the the, the Wizard of Oz movie. Uh, I dug Return to Oz yeah. with Firuza Balk. That's right. Uh, I the Wiz. I loved the Wiz. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was about to say, man. some oil. Sliding down my finger. You know that 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 part in the whiz that still terrifies me is when they're in the subway and they're locked in. There's the gate that's keeping them from getting out, and there's that organ grinder guy, and he has those things that are like dancing, and they keep growing as they go up the stairs. Nightmare fuel. That thing still like scares me. Visually, the whiz is completely nightmare fuel. Like there's a lot of. There's a lot of like visceral things going on in that movie that's like, wow, it's hard for a child to yeah, process. I can't believe they were like gearing that towards kids. I remember that yeah. being like marketed to me, and uh, that might as well have been uh, Pinhead in that film. But you know what? For, for as scary as the visuals are, the music, the performances oh, were just beautiful. fucking astounding. Yep. And Richard Pryor as the wizard, come on. <laughs> you, can't, you can't beat that. Yeah. Star studded cast, man. Uh, I had the collection of the L. Frank Baum books. Uh, of like all this stuff like so you, when you get the full story of oz you find out that like dorothy gale is like a big character in like one and a half of like seven books like wow. she's she becomes a side character pretty oh. quickly uh and and it becomes more about like the 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 residents of oz uh and this movie borrows loosely from many of the books it, hmm. It's not adapting any one of them, but just kind of like taking elements from all of them. And then also like somebody was like, hey, we saw the musical Wicked and right. we kind of we kind of want to do this. Oh, we don't have the rights to it. Uh, all right. Well, let's do what we can to try and kind of work around it. Um, so all that to say, when I first saw this movie, I enjoyed it for what it wanted to be. Yes. Um, and then coming back around to it again. I still find there's there's some stuff to like about this movie. I yeah. don't like it as much as I did then, uh, but there are still things to like about this movie. One of the things that I don't like about this movie, however, mm-hmm. um, is the overuse of CG effects and characters. Oh, you think so? I think <laughs> do I think so? No, oh, I'm not being sarcastic. Oh, I mean, like I thought, it's a movie in 2013. I, th- it's... I thought you were being facetious. No, no I, I, if you you look at the original Wizard of Oz, and I loved how this movie mirrored the whole like sepia tone at the beginning. Oh yeah, and then like it's in four by one, three. It's square. One, yeah, the, the aspect ratio changes mm-hmm. too, which is beautiful. It's oh, yeah. beautiful how how it even happens. Yeah, um, like I appreciate that it does that. But the thing that I loved about Wizard of Oz is that, like, when she, when Dorothy Gale ends up in Oz, it's this, you know, it's that combination of like brilliant, like, like practical, like sets that are so outrageous, oh, yeah. and and otherworldly, but like just just spilling with colors. 
And I guess the 2013 version of doing that is to just like puke a bunch of CG <laughs> effects and landscapes at you all at once. And it got to the point where like it like I was watching one of George Lucas's Star Wars prequels uh. where the actors were clearly like just running in place or walking in <laughs> yes. place. And like we were animating the backgrounds around them. And I felt like watching this now, I felt like 2013 wasn't so early that we couldn't get that right. And and watching it now, I felt like, ooh, they didn't get that right. I, it just it didn't look good. It's a bit better than that. I think Sam Raimi is much better at being able to kind of marry those two uh, uh, yeah. st- uh, styles of filmmaking better than, than George Lucas was able to. Uh, you're right. There's a little bit of that because of the nature of CG. Like, we're not to the point where it's totally photorealistic yet. Um, but, man, I still think it's gorgeous to watch. Uh, I don't, oh, yeah. I, I thought they did a good job of making it seem hyper real uh you know gets huge plants and there's magic everywhere and the clouds look like rainbows and it's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be a real place um i I think as far as movies go that have tried to build another world like that this one's uh you know uh upper tier it's kind of up there with avatar you know i I disagree i i disagree that i disagree well i disagree that this no i think the movie looks good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eh. uh but (laughs) the, the thing is i feel like I feel like they spent more than they needed to. I feel like they didn't have to do the, I feel like they didn't have to do all the CG, especially on the front end of this movie. Really? Uh, Yeah. At the beginning, at the beginning, at the beginning when they're just walking around, they're just walking around. But that's like, isn't that like kind of, I mean, from the original movie that I can, that I can remember like, uh, it's like, it's kind of them trying to build this new world and show that it's like, Oh man. I guess what's interesting when you go back and watch the original Wizard of Oz, it's fascinating to see how narrow the shots are. Yet oh, right. your your mind is filling in the gaps and making this world so much more spectacular and like bigger than it than it is. You know, but like, you're also clearly like on a set with a, like a painted backdrop yeah, in the yes. background, and those well, trees true. look like they're made out of cardboard. That's that's absolutely true, and kind of to to what you're saying. The, it it worked toward the charm of what the original Wizard of Oz was. Sure. It kind of it kind of fit that whole like the land of Oz, the Munchkin City. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is how we're defining it in this movie. And I guess we've come the long way around to me just saying like I didn't like it. My <laughs> my personal wow. preference. I didn't enjoy it as much. Well, I said it was a toss up, and if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you'll see audiences and critics agree. It's uh, right at a 56, 57%, I think, yeah. uh, amongst uh-huh. both uh, demos. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a little unfair. I'd probably put it at low to mid 60s. I'd put it at a fresh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not great, but I don't think it's horrible either. Yeah. Hey, here's the thing. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. There, whoa, did, there you go. You? I really did. Bro, because I had no idea what we were watching, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, had, had you seen the original? I know you, you alluded to it a second ago, but I was like, he watched I don't the even Wiz, know. Yeah, he yeah, had the Wiz. Oh my god! <laughs> I see, I see. Oh my fucking god! That is not the original. I, just yes, I, yes, I've seen the Wiz, you asshole. But I've uh, also seen the original Wizard of Oz. A lion, a lion, I've even seen the Pink Floyd album, or they, or they just played the album. Hey, I have that. Oh yeah. But, but have you seen you? Oh, you've seen that? Like where they where they put the music to the entire. I have. Album? I, have I have it done where Hell like yeah. it's been where the soundtrack, the Pink Floyd album, has been yeah. put to the movie i have i oh. could totally i could give that to you oh bro that was i went to the theater and watched it like i went to yeah. the theater in uh in oak cliff and watched. oh man it was amazing so yeah oh, i've yeah. seen 
the Wizard of Oz a bunch of times. And it's a movie. I, I thoroughly enjoy the movie and the story of it. But that's why, like, when you said you were picking this movie, I was like, all right, whatever. I didn't know what you were talking about. But then oh. I, I, I got the movie, actually. And then like, I watched the trailer. And I was like, oh, shit, this is a another story about, like, the whole Wizard of Oz world. But this is about how Oz actually got to the world. Yeah, pretty and, cool. And it's got Franco in it. So it's like, yeah. bro, it, it looked. It look you cool. say that like it's a good thing. Oh I no, Joe, you didn't like. Joe. I love the Franco brothers, man. You know that. I love. Uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good casting, man. I think it does a good job. Uh, just like Owen McGregor acting against nothing, I think he does a good job of making it believable. Yep. Uh, and uh, he's so like charming, and he's he's leading man material, and I think uh, he doesn't get. He's so unlikable in no, this no, movie. I love him. He's he's one of the worst protagonists in a film. But well, that's he's the anti-hero, that, That's kind of that's kind of the point. He's supposed to have those rugged edges, but he's still here's the thing. He's still kind of a good guy, and he means well to a degree. But does he, he is to a he does to a degree. That's well, why even at the end, she's like, like I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like what his redemption arc well, is. And, and that's the problem, Joe. I think what you're running into is we have to leave these characters at the end of this film as a setup to where we know they end up in the original Wizard of Oz. So he exactly. can't be perfect. He can't have be completely resolved and redeemed. Uh, and uh, yeah, and even Glinda's got some uh, secrets in the closet, it turns out. She, she sure does. Glinda the not-so-good witch. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. Save for for uh, James Franco, who oh. for some reason I... I was I didn't enjoy him in this movie. Wow, interesting. I, I thought I thought he was miscast, and then I read up in it and found out that they did originally want to get Robert Downey Jr. for this role, but oh. they couldn't get him because of Iron Man three. Oh, he'd have been great. I think he would have fit this character better than James. Franco. But I like that they kind of took it like a the younger generation. Like everybody in yeah. here is kind of their late twenties, early thirties. Except that it does take place twenty years before the the Wizard of Oz. And even then, it would have made James Franco like 40-something when Dorothy finds him in Oz. And that it doesn't match up. Uh, And also, like, everything is too... It does that thing that, like, that even the Star Wars prequels did, where everything is too tightly knit. Where, like, oh, so Oz had a relationship with Dorothy Gale's mom, and Dorothy Gale's mom ends up giving him the ultimatum. Like, John Gale asked me to marry him. Oh, well, he's a good man. You know, and like, like, okay. So, like, you're telling me that this Oz character who Dorothy ends up meeting in the original wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. Like that's her, like that could have been her father, but it isn't. And and like, like he, he acts like she's some strange girl that he's never met before. And it's like, bro, you guys live right. You live right (laughs) down the street from the woman that you loved who ended up marrying somebody else. And then like, what happened to them that now Dorothy lives with her aunt and uncle? Like, no one talks about that. That's a good point. It fell on hard times, the Gales. Did, right? Oz, did Oz kill them? Did he have them murdered? <laughs> hey, potentially, man. He's, he's <laughs> the great and powerful. You can do anything. So, so what we're seeing, I think, is me, one, overthinking it. Um, yes. Yes, but because think- the, the original movie, and I, I know there's a whole series of books and other movies, but the original movie, I never got the impression that Oz actually existed, right? They, they, the way they wrap it up, it's like, oh, Dorothy was knocked out from the tornado the entire time, so all the yeah. people that she knew in her life, that's why they're playing these characters in her imagination. And I will yeah. say, you're saying that this movie is is kind of uh, uh, making it too tidy, everybody's tied up. I think the lazy thing that they could have done would be to bring back the Tin Man, bring back the Scarecrow, bring yeah. back you know all, all the, all the no, other no, characters that's what, as cameos. That's actually one of the things I didn't like. 
I didn't like that at all. When the lion showed up and then he chased it off and he's like, go on, you coward. Like, I honestly didn't care much for the references to the original movie. I mean, the reference is fine, but there were cameos. Like, at least they didn't try to work them into the story. For me, it was its own story setting up, uh, you know, the different relationships. I I liked the backstory. I liked getting to know. Because in the original Wizard of Oz, you just drop a house on this one witch with some colorful socks on. We never get to know who she is. So now it's kind of, uh, it's her origin story. Great. So we we had this whole movie just so that way we had a backstory for the girl that got crushed by the house. Well, and also, how did the Wicked Witch of the West get to be that way? I don't care. You know what? Wicked was a better story about how the Wicked Witch became what she was. Now, I will agree with you there. And if there's one flaw, glaring flaw for me that this film has, it is the Wicked Witch of the West, played by Mila Kunis. She is horribly miscast. Jenna had not seen this before. She sat down next to me, and we were laughing at her, unfortunately. The makeup is awful. She just, and I think if you listen to our uh, Book of Eli episode, I think we all agreed she she she's cute she's good she's serviceable she is not at the caliber at the level that some of these other actors are or anybody who could have been cast in that role i can't wait to see you guys recast in that one of the greatest things that aronofsky ever did in black swan was cast mila kunis and give her zero dialogue like she, <laughs> she because the thing is she's really good at reacting yeah which is which mm. is a, a skill that's something an actor needs it. to know how to do and that it's 90% of it uh and and the thing is she's fantastic at it her work in black swan is outstanding but like when you give her too much dialogue she she runs the risk of like letting her meg slip out and that's what happened in this movie she started sounding like meg from family guy (laughs) i know i was like oh my gosh like and they started they put like prosthetics on her face that only made Uh, her look even less like the wicked witch of the west i know and and reading up on this and finding out like they couldn't put the mole on her face because that was actually part of the copyright of the Wizard of Oz. Are you kidding uh, me? They couldn't use the ruby slippers. They couldn't use any references to the ruby slippers oh. because that was copyrighted by MGM. Uh, they couldn't use like all these different things that they couldn't use, which I, as I'm reading that, I'm like, then why even make this movie? This was a Disney movie. You're telling me Disney couldn't shell out whatever money they needed for the rights to the... Oh, LL Bomb Foundation. I'm, I'm I'm sure they could have, but instead, you know, they 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 cheaped out because they needed to update Mr. Toe's Wild Ride or something. <laughs> no, but but I'm I, I'm like, if you can't get some of the essentials that you need, why even tell the story? Why not just make this? You could still tell this story, but it doesn't have to be the story of Oz. Like there was something about this movie that felt like it was shoehorned. Like everything was shoehorned in. Like. It, my English teacher in high school used to always tell me, like, write because you have something to say, not because you have to say something. And it felt nice. like someone who made this movie was like, well, we, we have to make this movie. Yeah. It wasn't that someone was passionate about, like, you know what? I really want to tell the story of Oz the Great and Powerful. Like, I felt like nobody was really enthusiastic about that except James Franco. Now, while I poo-poo on his performance, mm-hmm. I will say that I'm going to give James Franco a lot of credit. Here we go. He is one of the few actors in this movie that is committing a hundred and fifty percent to his performance. I don't think it's good, but I think that he's giving so much in his. You don't think uh, Rachel Vice is giving it all? You don't think? No, uh, I think Rachel Vice is she's sleepwalking through this movie. Well, <laughs> also to be fair, the motivations are, are severely lacking for for the characters. Like even watching it again, I was like, oh, I, don't, I, I saw this when it came out, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, like I said, about sixty percent. 
But I, yeah. I couldn't remember what the motivations for the character. I was like, why does she want to turn her evil or uh, sorry, wicked? And why yeah. Uh, is yeah? What's the relationship? And as it turns out, there's not a lot of satisfying answers in this film yeah. to that. It's just like a love triangle for a love triangle's sake Perfect. because yeah. there's got to be some conflict, right? Right, and that and that kind of hurt me a little bit too. Is that that's what sent Theodora? Yeah. Which if you it's rearrange weak. the letters, if you rearrange the letters in her name, oh. it's Dorothy. Oh, I never piece that together. <laughs> the, Theodora, what sends her over the edge mm-hmm. is a man. She, she was jilted. For a man. Jilted and lover. Like, like, that is so weak. That's such weak writing. Hey, so like, question about that before we moved on. Uh, Wizard of Oz, like, he, he fucked her, right? He fucked Theodora. He fucked Wicked Witch of the West. That's what we're led to believe. They, they kiss. There's a yeah. slow tilt up yeah. to the yeah. stars. Yeah. And then the next thing yes. we see him, they're walking hand in hand the next morning. Yeah. She's that got that gift. glow about her. Yeah, that was yep. her gift. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Her black gift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Joe. Go on. <laughs> no, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Oh, well, no, it's ta- all right. You're talking about the, the, love in, the, the love triangle that they had to have and why that was kind of that was kind of crazy well, it was she had to go <laughs> it, it was just it was a weak way to turn her evil it was a weak way to turn her evil yeah. and also mm-hmm. like you at no point do you really have james franco's oz taking responsibility for what he's done to set these events in motion even at the end like where he's like i know this evil isn't a part of you if you ever decide to you know to to come back to your senses you'll be welcome back like he at no point does he ever like the what should have happened at the end of this movie was for him to have a moment with theodora where he says what have i done i'm sorry Mm -hmm. i i was careless with your feelings and i'm so sorry like i feel like that's what was missing from all of this and uh and like we we didn't need the little china girl the 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 Every time she showed up on screen, by the way, I would sing David Bowie's China Girl in my head. <laughs> wow. But like we see Joey China. King at the, in the first scene of this movie where she's in the tent and she's like, make me walk. Make me walk I again. Walk and like, oh, make her walk. And then we see this little China girl and she doesn't have her legs. And he asked, and I'm like, for God's sake, like, did we really have to like front load well, everything? It is like, a kid's movie, Joe. It's re- rated yeah. PG. So they're, they're, yeah. it's got to be accessible for, for you younger just audiences. You just said they fucked. Well, they didn't show it, but uh, for the audiences, <laughs> there's a little, little wink and a nod to the uh, post-pubescent uh, in the audience. I, uh, I also enjoyed Ray Romano as the monkey. <laughs> it's not Ray Romano. It's not Ray. It's Zach Braff, man. <laughs> it's Ray Romano. It's, it's Zach, Zach Braff, Braff doing Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> what? He, he really sounds a, like that. I, he was hilarious in this movie, though. He was, he was good. Funny. No, I, I'm, I am going to be honest. I thought Zach Braff was good. He's funny. Uh, he, Much he needed was, comic relief, right? He, yeah, yeah, he was he was good in the film. Um, also, some comic relief. Uh, we mentioned this is a Sam Raimi film, and you can't have a Sam Raimi film without a cameo from Bruce Campbell. That was fun. I wish that would have gone on for another hour. <laughs> Me too. I could have seen him get where, hit where in the Nuck head. Where was just hitting him on the head over and over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, and that's, and that's what brings me to my, my big thing is that there are, there are some people that just know each other's shorthand, and that's Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Absolutely. Bruce Campbell gets – I feel like very few people, honestly, I've seen so many of his movies, I feel like so few people get Sam Raimi's shorthand, like what he's looking for. 
I think Bruce Bruce Campbell totally gets it. And so when I'm watching the scene, like when Oz is flying up into the air and the pieces of the fence are going through the bucket of the of the balloon, and I'm seeing the way that James Franco is performing it, I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, not quite. You're not quite getting it, James. But then I think of like how Bruce Campbell would have done it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, Bruce would get this. Like Bruce understands like the, the kind of like live action cartoon that's going on right now. Well, uh, I think I, I, uh, I know who your recast is. Then. I think I think part of my part of my problem with this is that I think James Franco didn't understand the kind of film, even though he gave so much. He didn't understand the film that they were trying to make. I don't think any of these actors get Sam Raimi's style. And so, I mean, I think James Franco comes close because he did three movies with the man. But uh, I think everybody else kind of, I, th- I think there's something that's lost in translation between Sam Raimi and the actors because we're not getting that same energy from everybody when it's necessary. That is true. I, I thought Michelle Williams was a little uneven and uh, oddly cast. You know, I felt like Michelle Williams, uh, Glinda, was like, a preview of what we were going to see with Anne Hathaway in those Alice in Wonderland movies. Oh, that they yeah, made. absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I need to clarify, like, I didn't hate <laughs> this movie. I didn't. I don't hate it at all, in fact. I didn't like it as much as I did the first time around. And there are things that I've, I'm seeing with a more critical eye now. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't regret watching it. It's, it. it's fun. There's plenty of things to enjoy about the movie. But to me, there's also plenty of things to really roll my eyes at and just wonder, like... True. There wasn't a better way to do this. No. Well, he, that makes sense. I mean, Joel said that he didn't exactly like it as much the second time around, but I think it might be one of those movies that when you first see it, because this being my first time, I loved it. It was nice. it was it was good to see a different perspective. And I understand what you mean about a bunch of the characters. I mean, because Mila, I love her, but there are so many scenes where it's just like, yeah, you're kind of overacting, and <laughs> yes. it's just not it or what we what we need for this right now yeah but yeah but james franco though that's the thing he showed another side of his acting that it's like yeah this is this isn't serious but i mean this isn't completely serious but he's still a goofy like and serious at kind of times and charming but i get what you mean like he was supposed to be like the oz character we weren't supposed to love him at to begin with yeah he, because he was supposed to be a character that was a con man he's kind of a was, dick yeah, yeah. He, from the very beginning, I mean, he's a womanizer. You can tell that he's given all these different girls at the circus, <laughs> yes. like this this music box from his grandmother, uh-huh. and everything. And that that's what leads him into getting into the hot air balloon that's and right. going to the land of Oz. So it's like he's going there, and he's supposed to be the savior, and he knows he isn't. And the only person he's actually honest about that with is Zach Braff, which is also great because that's just hilarious. Their relationship throughout the yeah. movie, I there. do like their and, chemistry. And it's just it's just it's good to see. And he's supposed to be this goofy character. And time after time, he shows you that. And when you even want him to be better, he's still not as good. And and the fake out at the end where, oh, this is exactly what we what we kind of thought he'd do by this point where he'd get in the hot air balloon and go away. It fooled it fooled me to a degree. But I mean, it's a Disney movie. So I understand that there's got to be some big trickery there. But still, like. Yeah. Uh, it played into what I feel like they were trying to accomplish. It's funny to me when you watch this movie, even though it runs probably in uh, another like 30 to 40 minutes longer. Oh, yeah. This movie almost beat for beat is Army of Darkness. <laughs> oh, is it really? I have to go back and watch that one and compare. Fish, fish out of water, a, a person who's transported to a, a land that they're not they're not familiar oh, with. Oh, yes. They have, to, they have to go on a quest to do something. Like he had to go defeat 
the 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 evil witch only okay. to find out she wasn't evil mm -hmm. uh ash had to go retrieve the book in both respects it doesn't turn out the way that they're supposed to yep then they return uh and they have to prepare everybody to fight the yep. baddies that yep. are coming and they're they all they have at their disposal are the peasants that don't have any skills mm -hmm. and it's like all the same thing and even at, at one point in the middle of the battle at the end of army of darkness ash runs away and arthur's like yeah coward and thinks that he's run off but then he comes back with like that car that's right it's got like the windmill on the end and he's defeating all the bad guys You're absolutely and right. that's kind of what happens with Oz. he goes and he, he he makes people think that he's going in the hot air balloon and then he returns with the big the big MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. it is army of darkness <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right wow so there you go guys well jesus <laughs> sam raimi got a got a 200 million dollar budget <laughs> to remake. remake a movie that was basically perfect it's the silent uh, fourth sequel to evil dead we never knew evil dead, evil dead uh, and oz i love it i, I do um, appreciate that la I, i'm a sucker for a Rouse the peasants, you know the the underdogs fighting back against the establishment. Yeah. Exactly, but also with a little bit of subterfuge in there, like um, you know, the, in in Bugs Life, they build a big uh, bird to scare off the uh, the crickets, and uh, uh -huh. there, there's a little bit of that in here too. And I I thought that was clever. I thought I thought they pulled just enough from what we knew about Wizard of Oz and what we knew about specifically that character and his tricks and how he introduces them to fireworks and using the big projector. Uh, and, yeah. and in fact, when we leave him at the end of the movie, there he is in his chamber with the projector set up. He's ready with the curtain uh, That's right. to fool uh, unsuspecting Dorothy 30 years later. Hey, what did you think of the score of this movie? I love the score of it, man. Uh, you yeah. could tell immediately that it was Danny Elfman. Oh, no, Joe shaking his head. No, no, no. I agree with you. Oh, okay, good, yeah. I thought the score to this movie was gorgeous. Danny Elfman. so good, man. And did you know that uh, Danny Elfman and Sam Raimi had a huge falling out? Did they? And Danny oh, Elfman wow. said, after Spider-Man 3, Danny Elfman said he would never work with Sam Raimi again. Actually, that's interesting because he didn't do the score for Spider-Man 3, did he? No. Uh -uh. They brought somebody uh, else in. And so, uh, so yeah, he said, I'd never work with Sam Raimi ever again. Mm. And then this was the movie where they made amends. And uh, Well, thank God, because uh, it's gorgeous. There's it's themes so in it. Nice. Mm -hmm. No, and that's, and that's one, of the, one of the things that this movie does have going for it that I'm just like totally on board with. Each character has its own theme. Mm -hmm. We come back and we, you know, we, we get those late motifs that kind of come oh, yeah. flying back in again, and then it all crescendos at the end mm -hmm. where all of the themes kind of conflict and come back together. I, I mean, some brilliant work going on there. And a tall order when you consider, you know, the original is known for its music. You know, they get by without having to um, roll out Somewhere Over a Rainbow or, you know, We're Off to See the Wizard. Like, all the songs you know, I, don't, I didn't miss that they weren't in this, this film. It still no, felt like Oz to me. This movie relies on the score... And there is no, there are no musical numbers, and the one musical number they do have, James Franco cuts short. Yeah, exactly. I do love that when he's introduced Whoa. to the Munchkins, and he, he just has to tell hey, them hey, to shut up. Love that. <laughs> hey, I mean, was was I weird to think that these yes. guys are kind of hinting? Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> to kind of think that they were hinting for another, like a sequel to this. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you don't pump 200 million into a movie uh, yeah. without thinking about a franchise. But I don't know why well, there hasn't been a sequel, even though you know, like we said, this made double. They its have. Budget. It's called The Wizard of Oz. 
Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. But see, that's the thing. They could like you, like you were saying, a series. They could have a movie before they come out with another Wizard of Oz, where it's basically like they explain now he's now in Oz and he's the he's the wizard, and it kind of even goes into the the scarecrow, the the lion, and also the Tin Man, and explains how they got yeah. ex- exactly how they got to those places. I don't even think you need to do that. I think what you could do is flesh out the the war for Oz. That like the, oh. the the wicked witch of the west and the wicked witch of the east, you know, like setting up their own respective domains and oh. then trying to launch their attacks on the land of Oz and how Glinda is like assisting Oz and defending it, and you know what what kind of ends up leading to them trying to get Dorothy to kill. Like maybe there's we we find out in this unmade sequel that mm-hmm. like there is something that keeps both of them from Ooh. being able to kill the wicked witch of the west ah. but they can get an outsider to do it uh call you know it, that's call it game of oz yeah game of oz except there'd be there'd be a whole bunch of incest yes well we're already kind of there very sexualized Oz we're living in right now. Uh, These witches are hot. What else do you guys have? Yeah, they are. Speaking of uh, some of the Raimi, Sam Raimi uh, staples, uh, you also got to see a little bit of the Raimi cam in here. We kind of got the first yeah. person uh, POV. Right? We see it a couple of times. There's a nice tracking shot. Was this a 3D film? Was this released in 3D film? Yes. Yep. That's what I thought because, you know, back in the early 2010s, uh, like every film where they thought 3D again was going to be the future and uh, yeah. there's a couple of sequences that feel very much like okay this is going to be the scene where we feature 3D put your glasses on because we're going to take a roller coaster ride down this river that's going to go over the edge and, oh you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah felt great but also with uh, when they're being attacked by those vines in the forest uh-huh. oh my and, gosh uh, you kind of see that fish eye lens it was very reminiscent of Spider-Man camp, too the point of view of the evil from yeah, Evil from Dead 2 when it would chase Ash around exactly yeah oh no dude that's it to me that's one of the my favorite things uh, when that whenever Sam Raimi rolls that out there's another staple to Sam Raimi films mm-hmm. and that's his uh, his Delta 88 I think it was his 1976 or 77 Delta 88 uh, Oldsmobile. Uh, and he, it's been in every movie he's ever made. What? It has also been in The Quick and the Dead, which was an old Western. And it was in this movie as well. He puts it in every one of his films. For this movie, they stripped it down completely and used the chassis as a wagon. Shut up. Come no. on. That's, they, they totally did that. He's a weird dude. Like, if you've ever seen pictures of him on set, he he always wears the same like he's wearing a suit like he's always he in a full a suit. suit with you a know black why, tie right? you know he's why? a fucking weird guy no he wears, <laughs> the story is he wears a suit to show his actors how much respect he has for what it is that they're okay. doing maybe you do that on your first couple of films but by the time you're directing multi-million dollar <laughs> disney epics you, like fucking leave doing, the three piece at home okay the spielberg you wear the you wear the ball cap yeah with the, the glasses <laughs> and a track suit a big beard <laughs> I'm no, just no, saying, no, it no, seems a little dorky. No, you go Bill Belichick, man. That's like, <laughs> yeah, just, like, pull he over. Landry, Hoodie right, pull yeah. over. He was being Tom Landry. He was yeah. wearing a suit. All right, well, I'm just saying. Pull your head out of your ass. What are you talking about pull your head out of your ass? You pull your head out of your ass. You don't have to walk around this world in a costume. Like You can get respect in other ways. And make what, awesome if he, what if that's what he's comfortable with? You think, you think he lounges around at home in a three-piece suit? 
I don't know him well enough to know that he doesn't. <laughs> oh, well, well, we do know that he likes to I'm put just, his brother. I'm just saying, you, how, I, I don't know how you can call a person uptight who creates like some of the like Xena and Hercules. Oh no, I don't think it's uptight. I think it's uh, he's he's not comfortable in his own skin. And it's very oh. telling that he's behind the camera instead of in front of it. And when he, well, now that he's not, been, we're not all beautiful like you, Joel. <laughs> I don't want to be in front of cameras either. Trust me. Uh, but I also don't uh, wear a costume and draw attention to myself. Hey, what are you going to be wearing Except for, for Halloween? Halloween yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good that way. Well, uh, I, I was. We we're going to try to stay out of sight, but um, I guess the thing that our neighbors, our neighborhood is doing, uh, it's like a trick or treat, but it's in the front yard. I mentioned it last week. We're just going to basically uh, feed the animals. Just throw some candy yeah. corn on the ground and watch little kids pick it up. Uh, and so I think we may uh, roll out our Beetlejuice masks uh, oh, nice. from when we dressed up as Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Jen and I have the, you know, when they transform their faces, uh, we've got those masks that are very hard to breathe in, by the way. <laughs> That's great. Word of the wise. Please don't, please don't die. Um, I don't have any other notes. No, uh, me so let me ask this. No. Would you recommend this film? Yes, I definitely would recommend this film. All right. Especially if you've never seen it before. It's a movie that to just see the perspective and it's a, it's a cool little idea and story about the Wizard of Oz if you've seen the original Wizard of Oz and other movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree. I, I would recommend it. I think there's enough here to, to grasp onto. It's got some weaknesses, but it's a fun ride. Uh, I, I like that it follows the structure, basically, of the original Wizard of Oz. You know, he, he's going on a quest. He's picking up friends along the way. There's a big battle at the end. Uh, and there's some subterfuge involved uh, with uh, winning the day. So also, I mean, it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful, as we mentioned, thanks to the gorgeous score by Danny Elfman. And uh, uh, there's enough there to forgive the shortcomings, I think. I think that if this was the only film that was like your adventure into Oz, uh, it would be easy to recommend it. But seeing as how there are other films and even some TV shows that you could consume I would say because of that, I wouldn't recommend this movie. Right. Uh, I would say that if you're looking for, if if you're sick of just the regular Wizard of Oz and you don't really want the darkness of Return to Oz, uh, I would recommend the sci-fi limited uh, or miniseries Tin Man. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of, a, kind of that modern retelling of the Wizard of Oz starring Zoe Deschanel uh as as dorothy and you know how it's kind of a it's it's i don't want to call it gritty but it is a little bit more of a a a a realistic version of like this girl being transported to oz and there's some good performances neil mcdonough plays the tin man love him uh alan cumming is the scarecrow (laughs) that's great yeah there's there's some some fun stuff going on in that uh yeah i or or just like check out wicked you know, I think yeah. they've got like they've got video of the uh, the actual production on YouTube now nope. with the COVID and stuff. They've put all that stuff out there. Uh, watch Wicked because Wicked is just an amazing and touching uh, retelling of the Wizard of Oz from the point of view of the witch, uh, uh, Elphaba. Elphaba. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That's, that's her name in, in in Wicked. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, I I just don't think that I could recommend it just because the movie feels like a bunch of empty calories. Like yeah. there's really no reason to tell this story. <laughs> the, the Wicked Witch of the West was really no one of consequence before she became the Wicked Witch of the it West. Turns out, yeah. And yeah. it really didn't take much for her to be turned. Like it, it yeah, just it's pretty lame. There's kind of too much going on there that they didn't need to have. Uh, all right. So what did this movie do right? 
Uh, I'll go back and say the music. Um, I thought, no, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to say the casting uh, because I, I know you're, you're shitting on the casting, Joe, but I, I thought <laughs> with the exception of Mila Kunis, uh, everybody else felt pretty strong, with, uh, and especially um, the, the, the odds himself. Uh, I love James Franco as Franco. Wizard of Oz. I thought that was inspired casting, and uh, yeah, I, I love that character, and it made me love this movie. Well, then I'll say the music. I feel like uh, the music is what this movie did right. That score is, I mean, I'm still hearing pieces of the score mm-hmm. in my head. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll say that it looked visually appealing, man. There it was you go. Beautiful. It was beautiful for me, man. Loved it from the beginning up until the end. All right. So what did the movie do wrong? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the casting. Mila Kunis is the standout uh, sore <laughs> spot, man. She's just Aww. so awfully miscast. She cannot... Uh, carry a flame to the rest of the performances going on here. It's not her fault. Somebody asked her to do this uh, and go above and beyond what she had, unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. You get a better Wicked Witch of the West in there, and maybe this movie's like 10% better, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's funny because I'm going to say, despite the few points where I thought that it was inspired, still, I think the cast is what this movie did wrong. Wow. Wow. Wow, I okay. I feel like you know, and, and especially after reading that Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to be Oz, that would have been great. I have I'm having the hardest time imagining anybody but him playing the role. Uh, so I I feel like the casting on this movie was it it feels rushed. Knowing that it feels like this casting was rushed, and like they were they were trying to hurry now to make up time to get this movie finished. That you ended up getting a film that didn't think it, it didn't feel as well thought out. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay, well. All right. Well, I think I'll combine kind of both of y'all's a little bit mm. and go with kind of the direction for some of the characters. Okay. Because there were definitely a lot of scenes where there were, I mean, I love James Franco and everything he was doing in this movie. But like you said with Mila, there was just so many cues that she was missing and a bunch of the other actors who were, who were phonated in. But then you had these side characters like you had the side characters who had one, maybe two uh, different scenes who were killing it. I mean, Bruce Campbell, like we already talked about, yeah, Bruce Campbell was so good. He killed his scene. Um, Tony Cox. Tony uh, Cox is amazing. Yes, character. It, that was a great thing about it. But then there was a bunch of other characters who had a bunch more time who just didn't do what we needed them to do. Yeah. Okay. So if we were going to remake Oz the Great and Powerful today, how would we do that? I've got eight recast here. One, two, three, four. I have ten. I have nine. Okay. Uh, I have a theme, so I'm going to go through mine. Uh, Like I told you earlier, I've been binging community. And Ah. I think if they haven't, if I haven't gotten to it yet, uh, hopefully they've done it. But if not, they should have done a Wizard of Oz episode. (laughs) And and this is how I would have. And let me tell you. I ached over this where I was like, oh, no, this is it. No, this is where they should be. Oh, no, this is it. So first off, uh, I've got to do it in order. I kind of feel like I have to do this in order. All right. Uh, So obviously, Oz the Great and Powerful. That would be played by Joel McHale. Uh, You know, this this whole thing I like to imagine is like part of like uh, uh, Abed and Troy's like dreamatorium. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So. So Oz would be Joel McHale. <laughs> Theodora, the Wicked Witch of the West, would yeah. be Allison Brie. Of course. So then mm-hmm. Evanora, the, the evil sister, mm-hmm. played by Jim Rash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The Dean. He would be so wow. great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. The the Annie Glinda character, played by Jillian Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, okay. So the monkey, Frank Finley, 
that would be played by Danny Pudi. Oh, not bad. Okay. So China Girl slash The Girl in the Wheelchair would be played by Yvette Nicole Brown. Oh, that's okay. good. Britta, yeah. Just, no, no, oh, no, 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 Britta. no, no, no. No, that would be Shirley. Sure. Shirley, yeah. So, so she'd be the little China girl going like, Ooh. <laughs> that's great. I see two broken my legs. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, the master tinkerer, mm-hmm. that would be Donald Glover. Yeah. Who'd be oh. help, helping him build all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the, the winky gatekeeper, mm-hmm. that would be the Bruce Campbell role, mm-hmm. would be played by John Oliver. Nuck, the midget role. The munchkin. Played by, played by Chevy Chase. That would oh, be Pierce. Wow. <laughs> now, how would they do that? Like computer effects? It would be computer effects, which is how we would also do all of the munchkins because they would be played by Chang. Ken Jeong oh. would be every one of the munchkins. That's amazing. <laughs> They would be the the Munchangs. I'm, oh my god! <laughs> that, that's what he would call himself. Too. Yes. <laughs> that and they would all amazing. be wearing security guard outfits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see this episode. So, so obviously directed by the Russo brothers, of Joe course. Anthony Russo. Yep. Tess, did you have a theme? No. I did not have a theme. I think so. you have one. More. I only have eight, so I think you have one more than me. So let's just go back and yeah. forth. Who you got? Okay, uh, I guess the the one the odd man I have out would probably be the gatekeeper, yeah. and for that I went with Jason Sudeikis for that role. <laughs> that would have been good. I did not do him. Um, okay, but next I have Nuck. Did you do Nuck? I did do Nuck. My Nuck is Peter Dinklage. Oh, okay. I want <laughs> I want Kevin Hart for my Nuck. <laughs> <laughs> Too tall. <laughs> yeah, for the just, first just first barely. time. Oh, I know, right? Oh. Next, we have the girl in the wheelchair slash China girl. China doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I went with Millie Bobby Brown for that role. I like that. You know, since we mostly just see her as a voice, and you don't really only see the little girl in the wheelchair in the first scene, I was going by the voice, and I thought Kristen Bell has done some uh, voices for, for cartoons. She's got a good uh, pure yeah, voice. She's, I think done, she's done a couple of obscure cartoons. Yeah, you may have heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Master Tinker? Uh, for the master tinker, I went with Dave Chappelle for that role. Oh, that's great. I like to imagine that he'd just be building different bongs. Just a bunch yeah. of bongs. He's God. just his character his character from Half Baked. Y'all got any more of them fireworks? <laughs> I went with uh, actually uh, Jenna picked this one out because uh, she's been rewatching The Mandalorian. How about Carl Weathers? Ooh, yeah. yeah. All right. What about Frank? Frank slash Finley, I went with Ryan Reynolds for that. Oh, that's good. I went that's with uh, Charlie Day. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. She came up with that one, too. Okay. Uh, next are Annie slash Glinda character. Here we go. I went with Sophie Turner for that one. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I think that mixes. Um, I, I went with another redhead. I went with Isla Fisher. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Evanora. Here we go. And it's funny. You guys said her name earlier, but I put her in this role. Anne Hathaway for that. Ooh, yeah, she'd be good. You uh, basically she, have to watch the the live action Alice in Wonderland movies. That's what she's doing. Yes, oh. she absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, well, she plays a mean girl. Another mean girl. How about Rachel McAdams? Ooh, Play wow, mean girl. As well. mm-hmm. Look, all right, now we're down uh, to Theodora. Here we go. West. Mm-hmm. I went with. Aubrey Plaza for that role. Oh, 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 oh my that's God, that's amazing. One. That's really good. I went with the uh, Selena Gomez. <laughs> okay, I like that. She's, kind of, she's basically, kind of like she, yeah, she looks like Mila Kunis, but I, I think she would have done a better job. 
She would have slightly. Yeah, mm-hmm. she would have slightly tripped the troll. Okay, and our leading man, mm-hmm. our main character, Oz, I went with Chris Pratt for that role. Oh, interesting. Yeah, charming, but also kind of a, a huckster. Yeah. People don't like him right now. Oh, oh what did Why? he do? Why? Because he's Christian? mad at him. Uh, well, that that and also, like, I guess, you know, the, the that he's conservative, he's Christian. Is he? And, oh. and he, he, I guess he gave away, like, his dogs or something. Oh, no. What? That, like, he, he couldn't take care of his dogs, so he, like, gave them away to somebody. You know, uh, I, I, I always knew the other shoe would drop with him because he was way too popular, seemed way too perfect. It was the Ben Affleck effect. Yeah. Like, I remember Ben yeah. Affleck just looking up at that guy being like, well, he's a role model, he's a hero, like, he could do no wrong. This guy's he's smart, he's funny. I, I like him. I like him. I do, too. He's just maybe not... He's... Like, I want to get rid of my dog every day. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes, uh, when I mentioned that uh, Glinda was going to be Isla Fisher. It's because I'm going to pair her up with uh, another a current con man, Borat himself, Sasha Baron Cohen. As are they the still Wizard together? Oz. I don't know if they are anymore, but um, hopefully they can mend uh, fences, mend for, fences. For, for my remake. For a $250 million movie. Yeah, sure, why yeah. not? It's nice. Who's, who's directing yours? Uh, for me, I went with J.J. Uh, Abrams. He's good at reboots. I love the James Gunn for mine. Wow. Oh, little that. Guardians, yeah. We... We yep. all went with directors whose names start with a J. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Mine starts with two. <laughs> <laughs> you got so many. Guys, if you have thoughts about Oz the Great and Powerful, if you have thoughts about our recast, or just thoughts about the movie in general, stuff that we haven't talked about, or if you have a, some kind of a violent reaction to something we've had to say, uh, go ahead and let us know about it. Go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash editing bay, or on Facebook, find that search bar, type in the editing bay, and then click on that picture of the woman with the bleeding eyes, and that's where you can talk back to us. And if you have suggestions for movies for us to watch in the future, let us know there. We'll add it to the list. We've also got a website, right, we Joel? We sure do. It is not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's editingbay.com. When you go there, you're going to find links to subscribe to this little podcast, either via Apple uh, Podcast or Spotify. I think that's on there. Also, links to all of our past episodes uh, and uh, all of our uh, social networks, which is uh, you know the Facebook page. Get us on uh, The Editing Bay on Facebook. Also on Twitter, at The Editing Bay. Follow us there. As long as you're following stuff on Twitter, why don't you follow our new, uh, well, old, new, new podcast, uh, The 16-Bit Gladiators. Not old, new. New, new. That's right. Uh, follow us at 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, soon you'll be able to subscribe to that podcast on 16bitgladiators.com uh, or where all fine podcasts are served. All that on more on editingbay.com. Leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Five-star rating would be fantastic. And then just review us. Let us know what you like about the show. If it, you know what? If there's something that you think we could be doing better, make it five-star criticism. Because you know what? If you leave less than five stars you're just a lying huckster yeah. you're a magician in a carnival and you should be chased into a balloon and uh and and die horribly in a tornado <laughs> That's right. uh, apparently horrible apparently horrible tornadoes day. in kansas don't kill anyone they just send you to paradise yeah it sounds awesome <laughs> it's that, insane that sounds amazing that's why people are always know, chasing right? we should, let's move to kansas uh, all right, so <laughs> next no week ever. we talked about this earlier. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing our kickoff of the 16 Bit Gladiators little crossover episode, mm-hmm. which means we're gonna be talking about a movie that's based on a video game. I had a lot of thoughts, uh, a lot of ways we could have gone on this. Uh, at, at one point, I thought, "Ooh, this is the perfect time to do one of those bad Uwe Boll movies," and then oh, I was no. like, "I would never want to subject anyone to this, especially myself." Thank you. Uh, to one of those movies, uh, then I thought, "Oh, maybe we could go and talk about a movie that." 
Joel and I have commented on plenty of times mm-hmm. and have always meant to talk about something like Cloak and Dagger. Uh, uh. But, but no, we still got to <laughs> wait on that one. Uh, I thought, finally, we need to do something modern, something that's going to kind of get everyone caught up uh, and play off of the energy that we're hoping to bring to this new podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about last year's Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Uh, nice. The voice of Ben Schwartz, James Marsden, and... Tessa's guy, Jim Carrey, the goat. Uh, playing Dr. Robotnik uh, in this in this movie that, you know, I've I've now watched a couple of times. Yeah. And, oh, really? Uh, recent enough to say that I still enjoy it. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog with Jay. Uh, so awesome. Pull pull out your Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I mean the movie. <laughs> if, if, if you're if Ron Jeremy, that means something completely different. Um, no, but but check out Sonic the Hedgehog. Play your Sonic the Hedgehog games, and then come back and join us uh, as we uh, as we talk about that and kick off uh, a new a new life, a new age of the 16-bit gladiators. Awesome. That's it, uh, Jeff. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Tess, good job. Yeah, man. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. All right, guys. We'll see you next week for the 16-bit gladiators and Sonic the Hedgehog. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.